Hello guys, welcome back to episode 6 of the RLS podcast. Um, we are going for a solo podcast this week. No guests, just me blethering shite about my mistakes in fitness. I do have a little bit of a tickly throat, so if I'm clearing my throat throughout this, apologies. But as usual, there'll be no editing. We'll just be totally going for it. Um, <clears throat> there's one already. Um, this week been absolutely hectic. Um, it is only Wednesday, but I feel like it should be done already. Um, I talked about it on my Instagram stories the other day about Parkinson's law. When you have a, a set amount of time to do a task, um, there's a good chance that you're probably going to get it done in that task, regardless if you've got minimal time to do it. And then again, it works in the opposite sense. When you give yourself like three days to do a task that takes two hours, there's a good chance you'll overcomplicate that task and make it take those three days. Um, and I think that works in, in my favor. If I've got very little time to do stuff, I don't procrastinate. I don't feel like picking up my phone. I can't then just check TikTok and Twitter and whatever else. And it's actually, it works really good for me. Slight tangent there, but going to Tenerife on Friday. Hope everyone um, doesn't feel too jealous. Uh, I'm absolutely buzzing, to be honest. Um, hopefully it doesn't go like the last holiday did. I was meant to be going to Croatia, ended up in Greece. But that's a story for another day. So... Talking about my mistakes in fitness, there's been a hell of a lot of them. Um, I've actually got a list of 11 here, but that doesn't even touch the surface. Like some of the things I've done, I could spoke about them. Well, I spoke about a couple of things within the, the supplement training. And um, it's actually quite embarrassing to say some of these things out loud. But when you're younger and when you're naive and when you're willing to cut corners, you will literally go for absolutely anything. You will just take any shortcut you can take, you will accept any sort of, just any any quick fix. You're just like, yep, whatever, I'll do it. Doesn't matter if it means I need to get up at 4am. Doesn't mean if it, I need to eat some tablet that's about <clears throat> blooming five centimetres long. I've done some strange things. So one of the first things, and this is the thing that my mind always goes back to and is like, what? in the world what are you actually doing so picture the scene i'm probably 19 um should probably already know better i'm already studying sports coaching i don't know any better just basically taken in by all the fads so i was working well i was i was at college um three days a week i was working for a landscaping gardener um, landscape gardener company that was like 7 a.m. starts. Um, college was in Arbroath, which is a little bit down the road from me, um, which was an 8 a.m. start. And I was playing football on a Monday, Tuesday, probably probably a Wednesday as well for the college. Thursday, Friday, nothing. Saturday game, Sunday, nothing. <clears throat> Alongside this, I was obviously going to the gym as well. I was going to the gym probably five times a week, possibly a sixth time sometimes. And I then got under this impression that I wasn't doing enough. That was the reason that I couldn't lose fat. I was not doing enough. Absolutely ignore nutrition at this point. Nutrition wasn't really even a thing at this point. I didn't even really know about it. But I was like, right, Ryan, you're not doing enough. So my thinking was, right, how do I do more? And then obviously I got into this, got into this mindset of 
the 5am club. It wasn't even the 5am club. It was almost the 4am club. I'd obviously watched, I think I spoke about this on the last one as well. I spoke, I watched a video of Joel Corey. Um, what a bloke. Yeah, brilliant. Um, <clears throat> watched a video of him getting up at uh, 4am. So it was, yeah, 4am. Let me just double check on. Yep. Sorry, just making a, a last second check for recording. Um, waking up at 4am and he was jumping on a treadmill to get his fasted cardio in because this was the best thing in the world. He was going on about it in this video like it was it was going to be the, like there was groundbreaking research coming out that this was the thing to do. If you did fasted cardio, you would be absolutely shredded. It was nothing to do with like drugs or steroids or anything like that or absolutely power and clean. But that's another subject again. So I was like, right, Joel Corey's doing it and he's getting up at 4am. Maybe I should get up at 4am as well. So purchased myself uh, an exercise bike. Set my alarm for 4am, first day I got it. For remembering that I usually get up at 6am to then go to work. Just getting up at 4am. Not always 4am, that was probably the highest extreme of it, but sometimes half four, sometimes five. Um, and I possibly have just had football the night before as well, so I wouldn't, wouldn't have been home until half nine, ten. Um, and probably not slept till 11. So I'm getting up, I'm jumping on my bike, absolutely dying, starving as well. And I'm like, this is just this is just what's necessary, Ryan. Like, if you want to get in shape, this is just what you have to do. I would go to work. And then if it was one of those nights where I had football training, I would, before football training, go to the gym, get an hour in in there, go straight to, straight to training, and then straight home, and I'd be straight in my bed again. And at this point, I wondered why my social life was in tatters. I didn't have any relationships. I was absolutely knackered pretty much every second of the day, like at the van and work, well, in the van at work, at break and at lunchtime. Again, the guys I worked with, if they were listening to this now, they'd be like, so that's why you're fucking always sleeping. Fall asleep at break, fall asleep at lunchtime. Any journey from somewhere else, I'd be falling asleep in the van. But I just normalised that and I was just like, ah, I'm just tired from work. It was absolutely ludicrous. And this wasn't even before I then got obsessed with nutrition and calories and began to absolutely restrict. So I was then restricted, overtrained, fasted for like the first four hours of the day and just in absolute tatters and everything just wasn't working. Like I could not get stronger. I could not lose body fat. And I was like, what is going on here? I just become so dysfunctional that my body was basically just shutting down. I didn't ever get to the point of being hospitalized, but I'm honestly surprised I didn't. So this leads me on to this, this thought of maximal recoverable volume. So your body, your current physique, your current fitness, it only has a set kind of capability as to how much it can recover from and get stronger and improve and drop body fat in an efficient way. If you constantly you can go over your maximum recoverable volume you probably will within a really really hard session or if you run a really hard run like you probably go a little bit too far um so you need to have you need to consider how much can i actually recover from in a week and again a lot of variables come in, into this like how many times do you train in a week how long are you training for the current calories that you're eating um the amount of time the amount of time you have to recover within each session and um, how your sessions are, are laid out i mean if you do legs on monday tuesday wednesday thursday of course you're going to go over your recoverable volume for legs but if you're able to split that up in a slightly more efficient way then there's a good chance that you you will be able to recover and you'll be able to get stronger 
But if you're really underfed, if you're training way too much, then there's a good chance your body's just going to, it's just going to break down and it's just going to, nothing is really ever going to improve. So it's something to think about. Have a look at your week right now. Have a look at the amount you're training. And I know a lot of young guys are very guilty from this. They just think more and more and more is the, is the option. It's more is exactly what they need. But if you were to get a structure in place now, say you're sitting here as a 16, 17-year-old, and you think just more and more and more and more is the option, have a think about getting a plan set in place that's going to allow you to actually train properly and, and actually just continuously make gains from the age that you're at now and not overtrain like I did. So it's a massive issue, and it's, it is kind of something that is put forward to you from things like YouTube and just like these like physique athletes, and it's just like, right, you've got to grind. You've got to push through the pain, which partially is true, but there's got to be a limit to it, or you will break. I promise you, you will break. And again, if you're, if you're an athlete and you play football, all this is going to make you your performance on a, on a pitch so much worse. Number two was food focus issues. So we began to move into this kind of, again, I'm almost working on a timeline here. We began to move into thinking a bit about, a bit about more, more about nutrition, sorry. Um, began to think more about, right, what, what are the right macros for me? What are the, what's the split that I need? How many calories do I need to be in a deficit? And now this is dangerous as well, because we then again, go into this mindset of, okay, we need to push more. We need to push more. We need to push more to get results. And then we talk about calories. This essentially means like pulling calories down. And just because you see Chris Bumstead, again, I don't know if anyone knows who that is. You may, you may not. Physique athlete. We see him down on 1600 calories at around about, I think he's like 92 kilograms or something like that. I may, might be way off. Again, that, he's probably floats around about 90 to 85, whatever it is. Doesn't really matter. He's pulling his calories down to 1,600, 1,500. And I'm like, well, if he can do it, then surely I can. But again, he's a freak of nature. I'm I'm not. So I was pulling my calories all the way down. I think at one point, I was actually bragging about the fact I was on 1,800, 1,700 calories. And I was probably sitting at about 80, 80 87 kilograms, which ugh, obviously is not the amount of calories someone of that size should be eating. Um, of course, it was a deficit for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday came. I was massively underfed for a game of football. Again, we'll go on to that next. Saturday night would hit, and it would just be like a, a switch would flick. It would just be like, right, thank God I got over that. I finished football, and I would honestly, like, absolutely just smash as much food as I could. Dino's, anyone that knows Dino's, pizza's pretty good. McDonald's, whatever it was, honestly, just go outrageously over the top, which then meant by Sunday night, deficit was gone. Even if I was on 1,800 calories, I probably had eaten enough calories to feed feed myself for like four days within one day. Hence why I would start again on Monday and I'd be like, right, you need to restrict again because you just took the piss there at the weekend. And you get into this vicious cycle of binge, restrict, binge, restrict, binge, restrict. And it's no surprise that when you actually up your calories and take them to a little bit more of a reasonable number, be a little bit more patient Monday to Friday, you do not then feel the need to absolutely smash as many calories as you can when you hit Saturday. 
So it's again, it seems so obvious when you think of it in a logical sense. But when you're younger, when you're a bit naive, you're like, nah, this is this is what I need to do. I need to push as hard as possible. This needs to be a grind. This needs to be difficult. I honestly just found myself some days, even when I was thinking back to when I was at school, like I would be so restricted hitting like Thursday, Friday. I'd just be falling asleep in class. Like I'd have not enough food to actually keep me awake. And that in itself is absolutely mental. So think about this as as a topic of, of food focus. So think about how you distribute your calories through a week. Think about how you feel when Saturday and Sunday come. Are you constantly thinking about, right, see this weekend, I'm going to absolutely annihilate a Domino's because you're restricting yourself so much through the week. And even just through the week, have a think about how you're feeling and what are your hunger signals telling you? Are they telling you that you need to eat? Are they telling you that, oh, I just could go a chocolate bar or I could go a pizza, like on more than just like, more than just like once a day, are you feeling like that a lot? Are you feeling like you need to eat unhealthy things like quite often through the day? Because then there's a good chance that there may be something, something up with the way that you're kind of distributing calories, the way that you're eating, the way that you're restricting yourself. So have a good think about that and consider is restricting Monday to Friday and then going all out on the weekend the right thing for you to be doing or is there possibly a different kind of way that you could begin to think about it and again that works for a load of people and it kind of works for me as well I just don't take it to any sort of extreme anymore Um, so yeah brings me nicely on to the next part excuse me so going into football on a Saturday again this is more aimed towards athletes this is more aimed towards football players rugby players um so if you want to skip this go right to right to number four on the on the timeline so what i would basically do is as i talked about restrict monday to friday and obviously that's five days of restriction by the time i get to friday i was majorly depleted like i would look at my look at my belly and i'd be like oh fine you're doing well you're looking a little bit more lean today because i just restricted so so stupidly from Monday to Friday. So as I walk into the game on Saturday, there's a good chance of feeling a little bit lethargic. But something that kind of almost papers over the cracks is the fact that I'm feeling quite good about myself because I've lost a bit of body fat throughout the week. That in itself is not beneficial for football. So anyone that knows anything about nutrition will tell you that carbohydrates need to be highly available for a game of football. It is a high-intensity sport it's a game where we do loads and short loads of short sharp bursts loads of quick sprints we're not running like we would in like say we were doing like a a 15k a 10k you run at a steady state for a good period of time now again energy systems within different sports are maybe a little bit complicated and we don't really need to go into them but just imagine you're using two different fuel sources for a marathon and you're using a different fuel source for football. Overall, you will delve into both of them within both sports. But imagine both sports being a different energy system. So football, you're going to majorly use fast, short, sharp doses of energy. When you go into a marathon, you're going to use slow, slowly injected doses of doses of energy. What we really need available for 
for both of them, we need carbohydrates available. I'm probably waffling on a little bit here, but what we definitely need available for a game of football is high carbohydrate. So we should really be thinking about, and again, this might seem kind of counterproductive in a fat loss phase. Oh, I can't eat loads of carbohydrates. There's nothing, there's nothing good going to come of that. I'm just going to get bloated. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. These thoughts were going through my head. However, what you really need to think about is, have I eaten enough carbs the night before? Am I fueled enough to actually go into that game? Because again, when you're in that game, your body is fueling off the carbohydrate. Morning before the game, make sure you're not restricted. Make sure you're not restricting yourself in the morning going into a game of football. There's a reason that we want to eat food before a game of football because it gives us energy to continue to keep going. I guarantee you, if you've ever went into a game of football without having, having eaten next to anything the night before or the morning before the game, you probably burn out within like 50, 60 minutes, unless you're incredibly fit and that just carries you through. But I guarantee there's a good chance that you probably burn out. Carb availability is massively important going into a football game. Try not to go into a football game restricted. It's probably not a good idea. Hence why I actually remember an, an individual kind of scenario where I was like way down at 1,800 calories. I was playing for for, for West End. Um, we went, I think it was, yeah, it was down in Edinburgh, Arniston away, and I hadn't eaten next to anything. I was right down, like I think I was a week away from going on holiday. And I was like, right, this is it. We need to push really hard. Went into the game of football and I'm like 10 minutes in, the legs just start going. Like they start cramping up. It was quite clearly not enough because obviously I was, I was cutting out things like salt. There's not enough sodium. I was cramping. I was like, I'm only 10 minutes in. This is horrendous. Why am I this unfit? And I just put it down to being unfit, not because I hadn't eaten enough. And then I think I actually won to be fair, but I'm not sure how. I was like a coiled spring after the game and a lot of the teams set on like pies sandwiches cakes and obviously it's a bar there so there's pints as well i honestly remember like giving myself severe indigestion because i think i ate like two pies about six sandwiches three cakes two pints all within about 15 minutes because my body was absolutely screaming out for food it was like you need to fucking eat and i was like well after eating all that i was just and then i just feel guilty and then you're like oh what have you done but i just was very ill-informed didn't really just un- just didn't understand why I would have needed to eat loads of carbohydrates before a game and it just I'm just like punching myself in the head now I'm like I took away so much of my performance so much of my ability to actually get about a pitch just because I didn't want to eat just because I was trying to restrict it's it's ridiculous so leading me on to my next one so this one's a little bit different. I'm not going to talk about nutrition. I'm not going to talk about training in general. I'm going to think about more of a mindset type thing. So what I want you to think about, what I had to think about probably only even like a year and a half ago was moving into this industry, I'd done a strength and conditioning degree. So I almost wore that as a hat and I was like, right, I've got a strength and conditioning degree. I hadn't even fucking put my foot out the door yet, but I thought I knew it all. I thought I was like, right, you know everything about coaching. You've done four years at university, or two years at college, four uh, two years at university. You know absolutely everything there is to know about coaching. You know everything. And again, this can just be related to your industry, whatever it is that you do. Thinking you know it all is dangerous because the minute you think you know it all, you know absolutely nothing. 
and you stop that ability to grow. I think it was a year and a half ago, I hired my coach and I was like, right, do I need it? Do I need a coach? Like I'm already a personal trainer. I'm, I've already got a degree. I've done different qualifications. Why in the fucking world would I need a coach? But the minute I actually done that, not only did my results with my body composition, with my strength, with generally just my overall health and just having another, it actually just got better. It just got tenfold better. And this is why I've got this online business running just now. That's probably why I'm running this podcast currently. If you're able to basically swallow your pride and go, right, maybe I do know a lot about the gym. Maybe I do know a lot about nutrition. Maybe I probably could get decent results on my own without any help. I guarantee you, your results will be 10 times better if you just hired a coach and you just swallowed your ego and were like, right, okay, maybe I don't know it all. Even if I can just learn a couple of bits and pieces of this individual that's going to help me along the way, maybe that would actually be beneficial. Or maybe even if I just trial it for a couple of months just to see how it is, then I'll actually know if this is going to be for me or not. So again, that's something that just came to my mind like a year and a half ago and I was like, right, let's give this a bash and see if it, see if it works. And by Christ, did it work? If I hadn't done it, I think I probably would have been out of the industry. I would have been into another job. I probably would have hit my quarter life crisis a lot earlier and probably been back in Magaluf on my own again. But I can't, I don't think I've told that story, but that'll be one for a later podcast. Um, fasted cardio, just really quick one on this. Again, as I spoke about with my 4am bike ride, later on, I used to think, right, fasted cardio is the absolute pinnacle. This is what I need to be doing to lose fat. Again, this was just another one on my list. Like I was checking off a list. I was right, right, 4am on the bike, didn't work. Eating nothing, didn't work. Fasted cardio, let's give this a bash. Let's see how, see how this works. Again, you read things on YouTube, well, watch things on YouTube, read things online. Fasted cardio is the pinnacle for fat loss. It's exactly what you need to be doing. You're going to burn 10 times more fat. You're going to stoke your metabolism. You're going to burn fat, not cut. Again, just so many stupid things out there. Let me just put fasted cardio into a nutshell here. If you like, well, not just fasted cardio, if you like to train fasted and your body agrees with it and you don't like breakfast, go and train fasted cardio. You're not going to gain anything much more than just getting it done without having to piss about in the morning, having your breakfast. It's pretty time efficient. Um, some people just and some people just enjoy the feeling they get from it, not having not having eaten anything, training, getting that done, then having their breakfast, almost just like getting their body going and then having your breakfast. I suppose one thing it made me enjoy my breakfast more, but anyone that tries to tell you there's dramatic health benefits, dramatic fat loss benefits to this is is a liar or they're just ill-informed. <clears throat> so, and again, some of these things work. Like if you are at one, well, not necessarily like they work or they don't work. If you're at one, one extreme of the scale and you're really trying to get shredded for like a, for a competition or something like that, or you're really trying to lose that last bit of body fat, like I can understand why you would want to push and try doing, try doing something like this because you want to just squeeze out every single 1%, but just be sure that you're well-informed, you're educated on why you're doing it. Because if you end up doing these things without, without the knowledge of actually knowing why you're doing it, it can be so damaging and it can be dangerous. 
So just something to think about. Now, I want to talk about a couple of other unhealthy habits, which, again, for people that are really trying to drop body fat dramatically, which, again, a lot of my clients are not. We're trying to drop a bit of body fat. We're not trying to not trying to become 6 7 8% body fat, and we're not trying to have, like, cheese grater abs. We're just trying to get in shape. Some of the things I used to do later on at night when I was absolutely starving, I was just like, right, I went to bed, like, almost every night absolutely starving like ravenous like absolutely buzzing to wake up in the morning for my breakfast which is so sad again but it's just something that I thought was necessary what I used to do was like some of these things I'm actually embarrassed to say like don't get me wrong this is actually quite a good method for if you eat late at night and you feel the need to do it all the time it's just say it's like 6 6 p.m you've had your dinner you know you've eaten your calories for the day going and brushing your teeth now this can be seen as a slightly unhealthy habit but I also think it's actually pretty helpful um if you know you're just going to be like eating for the sake of eating um then brushing your teeth can almost kind of just go right brush my teeth it's me finished eating for the day next thing's bed so it's kind of helpful but at the same time it wasn't necessarily um again another one that could be seen and seen in both ways is I was drinking diluting juice with with ice like the the low calorie diluting juice diluting juice I know some people are freaked out by the phrase diluting juice, squash, whatever you want to call it, um, if you're from England. Um, but I basically just like drank really watery diluting juice with ice just so I didn't feel the need to eat. My brain was telling me like, you're hungry, you need to eat. But I was just like down in that, down in fizzy juice. Um, actually just sitting there sometimes, this is probably the saddest one, was actually just like having a bit of ice in my mouth, genuinely just having a bit of ice. So it just gave me that sensation of right you've actually eaten something you're like i'm not eating something but i'm like it takes longer to drink than a glass of water again just absolutely mental i don't know where i learned that i don't know where i read that but it's worrying to think like if i'm doing that i would hope nobody else is doing that but i'm sure there are people if you are one of these people that are doing things like this then yeah probably spit the ice out just um just go and stick it in the sink leave leave it alone um but yeah, and again, just like going to bed at stupid, like not stupid times, but like going to bed at like half six, like just coming home, finishing whatever I did for the day, going to bed at half six, just so that I didn't feel tempted to then go back through and eat stuff. Pretty unhealthy. Um, again, if you're doing these kind of things, then there's probably, you're probably just hungry. You should probably just eat. It's probably a good idea. Um, so... I spoke about this one within one of my other podcasts as well. Um, oh God, I'm actually praying this is recording because I have the weird impression that it's not recording. Um, it would be a laugh, wouldn't it? I think we're like 30 minutes in. So the unhealthy motivation of change. So a lot of times your motive for change, the reason that you want to, you kind of want to make a change in your life can actually come from a very unhealthy position, can come from a very, very unhealthy kind of motive. One of my main ones was when I was like 17, 18, was watching things like Geordie Shore, X on the Beach, YouTube, watching these like guys that were absolutely shredded online. They were massive. And I was just like, like, how do I get like that? Like, and I was trying to mirror their like mirror the things that they were doing. And I know I got a few messages off people um almost taking the piss in a, in a healthy way, in a nice way, um, about the thing doing like taking the resistance bands out of the cupboard. Um, and doing a power of bicep curls before I went out for a night out 
um, thinking that oh, I just remember. I actually just had the face palm there. I just remember people. No, I just remember on Geordie Shore when they would like they would whip them out when they were like away somewhere, um, and just do like about a hundred bicep crosses to get a pump on. I was just like, this is this is what I need to be doing here. I'll be going down to the plough and forfer if I do a few bicep crawls and then there's a good chance I'm going to pull. No doubt about it. Um, funnily enough, I didn't. Um, and then like Geordie Shore, X on the beach, things like that. Like watching these guys who again were absolute. I don't know what the word for them is. I don't know what the word to describe describe them is. It's just idiots, really. I mean, I think they've all wisened up a little bit now, but just back then, like some of the things they were doing, just like, why would you, as a 16, 17-year-old, want to mirror your life on that? I think if there was one thing I would recommend people don't do or don't let their kids do, it's watch these programmes. Like, Geordie Shore was actually poisonous for my brain. And some of the clobber they used to wear as well. Oh, my Lord. I still actually have a thing in the cupboard. Um, don't know why I've not thrown it out. I might wear it this weekend, actually. Um, it's one of these, like, I don't even know the brand was. It's one of, like, Gaz G-Shores brands or something like that. And the, the the collar's, like, way down to, like, middle of your chest. And it's the tightest thing you've ever seen in your life. I actually don't think I wore it. I think I put it on once and I was like, whoa, what are you doing with your life? I think that was probably the moment that I turned it around. And I started reading books, to be honest. I was like, what are you doing with your life? Mental. Um, again, another kind of individual scenario that I remember is my pals used to kind of, we used to hang about with my pals, obviously, all the time. I still do hang about with my pals. They'd probably tell you otherwise. Um, on, say, for like a Friday night, you, you know, like what you do, you jump in your, your Corsa um, with, the, with the bang and exhaust, fly down to McDonald's, and all of them were like, oh, you want a McFlurry? And I was like, I can't have McFlurries. Nah, I just don't do McFlurries. And they were like, I just remember one of them going to me like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, how can you not have one McFlurry? I, was just, I just can't. Just just can't. And they were, just, they were always like mind boggled. And even if we went for like, just like to chill at someone's house and like say they were all ordering Domino's, I would just sit there with my bottle of water, just like looking at the Domino's like, fuck, I love a bit, I love a bit of pizza. I love a bit of pizza. And I just was like, I was just like, no, nah, those things are just off limits. Like, I cannot have them. And again, funnily enough, tell yourself you can't have something. There's a good chance you're going to want it even more. Um, it was such an unhealthy thing to do. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I probably was making a reasonable decision not eating Domino's every single second weekend. Like, it's probably not going to have helped me get in shape because, again, that was my burning desire in my head. I wanted to get in shape. I wanted to be shredded. I wanted to have a six-pack. And... I would just sit there with my water. Sometimes I'd bring an apple, fucking hardcore, I know. Um, an apple, mango as well. Mango was a favourite. Um, and again, it just like, I just felt like they were weird and I was the one that was normal because I wasn't eating that stuff. I was like, well, you guys don't, you, you guys don't get it. That's what I used to think in my head. I was like, you guys don't get it. And I was just so far at one extreme that I just could not see the sun for the clouds like I just just de genuinely didn't understand what was going on in other people's brains but it was my brain that was totally I was brainwashed by things that I'd watched and um, things that guys were doing on YouTube and I was like this is just what's necessary like, I was trying to live the life of an Olympia competitor as a ill-informed 17 year old that was fueled by Cocoa Pops on a daily basis um, and I wondered why it wasn't working it's just and again this brings me back to this kind of thing with good and bad foods. Like 
there is not good and bad foods. There's not like one bracket that some guy just like he pulls he pulls up all foods in the world and he goes, right, good, bad, good, bad. There's no way of actually saying one food is good or bad. You can say it's one's more nutritionally dense, one's got less nutritional value in it. Um, again, a McFlurry, there's not much nutritional value out of that. You're not going to build any muscle off eating McFlurries. If you have a chicken salad, I mean, you're probably getting a good balance of nutrients in there. Um, again, that's one way you can kind of picture it. However, to me, a McFlurry right now on a McFlurry on a Friday night, after I'm maybe eating pretty well all day, like there's nothing wrong with a McFlurry. It'll make me feel good. But like, I'll, I'll just be like, taste good. Why wouldn't I have it? I'm never going to restrict this and take it all all the way out of my diet. And this is the way I try to picture this to my clients: is there's no such thing as a bad food. You can make decisions to eat nutritionally, well, less foods with less nutritional value more often. There's a good chance that you may not lose body fat. You may not feel very good. Again, this 80-20 thing, like I've kind of changed my opinion on it. Like 80% nutritious foods, 20% less nutritious foods. I don't know if that is necessarily a healthy thing to think about because it it means that we we end up kind of, we end up just, everything's just like a, a game of like, everything's like maths. Everything's like, right, so I can have this. I can't have that because I've only got 20% left. I've had 80% of my nutritional dense food and it becomes quite confusing. I think we just need to be educated on foods. We need to understand macronutrients. We need to understand what makes us feel good and when too much of one thing doesn't make us feel good. I think it's good to have an understanding of that. And I think one thing that I would definitely recommend doing is counting macronutrients, counting calories for a, a period of time so that you understand this a little bit better. I think it's going to be massively helpful for anyone. Um, a couple more a couple more things I want to speak about is talking about training and talking about trying to learn your form off of a YouTube video. Now, I'm not even embarrassed to say this. And again, some people will probably say that I still don't know how to do it, but I probably only learned how to deadlift like a year ago. Avoided it altogether. Just never wanted to do it. I've done Romanian deadlifts. I've done different variations of deadlifts, but a conventional deadlift I was just scared of because I tried to do it off a YouTube video once and some guy came up to me and was like, what are you doing? That doesn't look good. And I was just like, right, never doing that again in my life. So I was essentially scarred for life to do a deadlift. Um, and again, I tried to say, for example, like I was sitting in the gym and I was like, right, I had something on one of my programs. I was like, I'm not really sure on that. So I would watch a YouTube video and I would try to mirror the actions of the guy in the YouTube video. Now, there's a lot of people with a lot of following on YouTube. I'm talking like half a million to a million. And again, in my opinion, some of the some of the form that they're showing is not good. And again, I put my hand up and say sometimes I'll maybe do an exercise that I've not done before. And maybe my form's not great. Like my form's never going to be 100% amazing, even if I'm a personal trainer. I still need to critique. I still need to film myself and look back. But trying to mirror form off of a youtube video especially if you're a beginner is going to be almost impossible because one the youtube video might not be showing you exactly the way that you've got it set up it might not fit the kind of it might not fit the way that you need to do it with your body again everyone's body's different we've got longer arms we've got longer legs shorter arms torsos are shorter legs or longer again it just totally depends on the makeup of you the exercise is going to be different 
to a certain extent for every single individual. So again, what I would definitely recommend doing is, can you just go in, get a personal trainer, get a coach for like, I don't know, like a couple of months just to go over, say for example, you've got three sessions that you want to do in a week. Go into a personal trainer, learn how to do those three sessions, nail those, come back, try again and see if you can update them as you go. I can honestly recommend that you will be missing out on a lot of a lot of benefit, a lot of progress if you're trying to learn everything off YouTube as a beginner because it just, for me anyway, doesn't work. If you're someone that's quite advanced, you understand how your body works, you understand how to squeeze, how to feel, how you can feel different muscles within your body. If I was to say to you, pull your, pull your shoulder blades together or I was to say to you, like squeeze your quad or just trying to engage different muscles in your body, if you were able to do that, of, if, sorry, I'll say it the other way. If you're not able to do that and you don't really understand, then watching these YouTube videos is almost going to be like reading some Egyptian scribe in a different language. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy to translate onto the dumbbell, onto the barbell, or whatever it is that you're using. So to to basically top it off, um, yeah, no, essentially that's just finished. That is us finished this podcast. I think it's went on quite a long time. Um, as usual, we'll go for a little podcast recommendation. Um, and this week, it was actually such a surprising one. Like I honestly didn't think that this guy was actually over. I mean, it's pretty pretty insulting. I didn't think he had this level of under not this level of intelligence emotional intelligence um it was jimmy carr jimmy carr on diary of a ceo it was absolutely incredible to be honest um i think it was like an hour and 40 um i think i've actually got 10 minutes left on it and i think he speaks about he just speaks about like his his own challenge with depression um i don't know if anyone remembers when he got kind of done for tax evasion um a good few years back and he just talks about that and he just talks about like what it is to be happy and it's, it's just very deep it's very very deep but it actually just like the way that he kind of articulates it is is pretty good um it's one of those ones where you almost need to watch it back again or listen to it back again um no i thought it was really good and in terms of this podcast so i will be back next wednesday with so i've got three guys coming on the podcast we've got joel harris who is a Welsh, I'll have to get that in there, he's Welsh, I love his accent, um, a Welsh Welsh strength and conditioning coach, strength coach, let's just say that, um, I think that's his name, Joe Harris PT on Instagram, if you want to give him a follow, he's going to be coming on, um, I believe on the 10th, we've also got high performance coach, um, Troy Nixon coming on, again, going to be incredible, that one, and then we have um, Christian Hill, coming on within the next few weeks um, all online coaches all have their own speciality all have something that they're going to be be able to speak about in in a lot of depth and I think you guys are going to take a whole load away from it so thank you note those things if you are one of these people that are doing any of those things that I've listed just now just drop me a message and let me know if you've made any of these mistakes in the past as well and also ask a favor of you guys if you've listened to the podcast, just if you're on Spotify, go on to the share button and um, share it on your Instagram story. Um, I would massively, massively appreciate that. Um, it just helps this podcast grow. I think I've just hit a thousand streams, which is, is mental. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how many of them everyone listened the whole way through, 
but it says a thousand streams, so it's a thousand starts anyway. So we'll take that. Um, you probably got bored ten minutes in when I started speaking about Jordy Shore, but never mind. Appreciate you guys listening once again, um, and I will catch up with you after the holiday. <laughs>